hello, 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 and welcome to Kernels of Truth. My name is Kimberly Cecil Jones, and I'm filling in tonight for Aaron Viles. But first of all, let's get this party started. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome once again. We are brought to you by Progress Kentucky Big Show this week. Thanks so much for following us and being here with us tonight. Uh, we're going to be bringing you the news of the week, big shifts in the legislature. We're looking at Andy's second inauguration and an important court ruling on a key issue. Uh, then we'll welcome Ms. Jerry Steinhahn and Jennifer Sumeraki. I think that's how you pronounce her last name, but she's... She's a wonderful person. You can't wait to listen to what she's got to say as well. And they are the leaders of Transparent Lex. So we'll hear about their important advocacy for their children and the school district and the state house. But first, are you ready to turn Kentucky blue? Uh, I know you are, but in the meantime, let's turn it purple. We're still riding high from the re-election uh, win for our great governor, Andy Bashir, but we cannot lose sight of the fact that we've sent Andy back to the governor's mansion in Frankfurt only to be confronted and confounded by the GOP supermajority in the legislature. We can't lose sight of the fact that he's still there and we've got to make sure that we are the ones that can come up for him, okay? So there's still a lot of work to do uh, to win better electoral outcomes for our Commonwealth. We hope you support Progress Kentucky in our efforts to do just that. Make a contribution today, right now, matter of fact, via our secure online website. Act Blue uh, to help turn Kentucky purple. $5, $25, $50, $500, $1,000. It's all welcomed and it does add up. So on the screen, you will see and also in the comments, you'll see that link and, you know, just go ahead on and send us a little something. We did get out here and do a lot to make sure that Andy became our governor. So now it's going to be time to check on our co-host. And I want you all to know, um, got some great ones tonight, but uh, who and where are you and what does your protest sign say today? Oh, yeah. And you there in the internet world, why don't you uh, put your comment of what your protest sign is uh, today as well? Because we want to read your signs. Uh, put it in the chat while we're sharing ours. Um, actually, today, mine says that Kentucky better get on board. So that is my protest sign today, meaning that uh, if we don't get on board and be more progressive, we're going to lose a lot of our young people in this state. We're going to lose a lot of our young people that can give all kinds of contributions to this state. So, you know, Kentucky better get with it. How about you, Nate? Howdy, howdy. Thanks, Kimberly. This is Nate Orshan coming live and direct from South Frankfort, Kentucky, just a mere stone's throw from the governor's mansion and the uh, state house. And uh, tonight, my, my uh, sign is going to say, uh, you have until January 5th, sign up to run for something. And we'll get into that uh, when I do my story. Back to you, Kimberly. 
Thank you so much. And I didn't tell everybody where I am. I'm right here in Louisville, Kentucky, Jefferson County, the largest county in the entire state, uh, which we always going to bring our Democrats, Andy Bashir, the win right here in Jefferson County. But I'm interested in what Mr. Chris Priest has to say. Where are you, Chris? Hey, everybody. Chris Priest here. Uh, live from Berea, Kentucky, uh, and my protest sign says, keep our public dollars in public schools, and that is, uh, you know, leading into the story that I will cover later that I'm very excited about. I'm excited about that, too. So now it is time for News of the Week. So uh, how about that uh, inaugural uh message that Andy gave to us uh, just yesterday morning. Um, what did you all think about? Did you all even hear him? It was so motivational. It made you want to stand up and give him a standing ovation because you know what was written is truly in his heart. We do have a governor that cares. And that right there is really what it's all about. He doesn't just care for the people that voted for him. He cares about the people that didn't vote for him as well. He cares about all Kentuckians. And it's really hard to be that person for everybody because you can only give so much uh, because you are the governor, but he seems to do a great job. And we know that some Republicans voted for him. So uh, he did say this one spot right here where I just want to hold it right there. I was there earlier that day uh, in some of the hoopla, that type of deal. It was a little chilly, I must admit, and I forgot my warmers for my, uh, for my shoes. But he said this right here, which is so poignant and so, mm. over the next four years, we will continue our record-breaking economic win streak and create the good-paying jobs that will provide bright and promising futures for every single Kentucky child. We will invest in our educators, continue building what we thought to be impossible infrastructure projects, and run high-speed internet to every home. And he says, we will keep our promise to counties and communities devastated by natural disasters. Not just rebuilding, but revitalizing. Your Lieutenant Governor and I will be there personally every step of the way. We love you and we will get the job done. And our Governor also said, when we faced a pandemic, we sacrificed for each other. We came together every day at four or five o'clock and we shined green lights all over the Commonwealth as the color of compassion. And he said, thank you to all of our healthcare heroes who helped us through that deadly time. He also said, I made a promise to be there to rebuild every home and every life. And we are going to see it through. With now seven high ground communities rising in the east and over 150 fully constructed new homes for our families in the west, we secured the best years of economic development in our history. We are building the Brent Spence Companion Bridge with no tolls, four laning the entire Mountain Parkway and pushing I-69 forward. 
our governor also said that we have the best years on record for our bourbon and tourism industries. We have we have record high budget surpluses and record low unemployment. We've created more than 50,500 new jobs and generated a record 28.5 billion dollars. That's 28.5 billion dollars in our new private sector investment. And lastly, our governor said, "My faith." Oh, yes. He said, my faith teaches me that all human beings deserve true dignity and opportunity and that we can come together simply by acknowledging that our faith and values call us to be better. And for me, remembering that my savior could have been the prince of power, but chose to be the prince of peace. What do you guys think of that? Oh, it just warms my heart. Like, I mean, like, are you all up in your feels right now? <laughs> all up in my feels. Well, I mean, that that guy, I, you know, he's very inspiring to me. Uh, might might want to even write a song for him at some point. Um, you know, all, all that stuff is wonderful. And and I, you know, he's setting a high bar for himself, which I think is, is admirable. You know, he's got to, he's got to really follow through and, and get some support from the legislature on some of this. But I was really, you know me, I, I'm a, I'm a new Kentuckian. I've only been in Kentucky since 2018. I came here from uh, Burlington, Vermont. Uh, and it's a very uh, secular culture up there. It's very, you know, being a churchgoer is, is the, um, the exception, not the rule. So I'm, I'm really touched to have this very, you know, fairly progressive uh, political leader coming out sort of faith first and, and being so, um, so honest and upfront about, about the influence of, of his faith on, on his conduct, you know, and I think that is actually a pretty good template for the kind of talk that we need from democratic political leaders uh, nationally you know, going forward, if we're, if we're going to get some of these people who are, who are sort of in between Republicans and, and Democrats, I think uh, being, being very uh, out with one's faith is, is going to be um, uh, one of the roads to success. So, so I, I was touched by that. And I think that's, I think a way that he can continue to lead. Yeah, yeah I agree. The, the common thread of, of faith is a, is a way that to, to make a connection to a lot of um, a lot of people across the aisle, um, as many, I, I would say the majority of them claim to be, uh, um, you know, Christian and, uh, and to kind of walk through, uh, explain his, uh, reasoning and whatnot through that lens, uh, would certainly help him gain support from regular folks. Now, whether that gets him support from actual people in the legislature, uh, you know, I don't know, but maybe he can get them to put pressure on the people in the legislature. Uh, hopefully we uh, can work together and get him a stronger force, supportive force uh, in the next election cycle. Well, I, I feel like um, maybe that may resonate because Kentucky is known as a Bible Belt state. However, 
he doesn't use his faith to push it on to anyone. However, in our faith, I'm the same faith as, as Andy is. He's a deacon in his church, my God. That just mm-hmm. blows me away. However, we do believe um, in our in, in our tenets, our scriptures, that, you know, that Jesus said, basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but like, if you embarrass the me, I'm going to be embarrassed of you. I'm going to say, I never knew you. So uh, it also says that I... I'd rather you can be hot or you can be cold. There is no in-between. I'd rather that you just be cold. So him speaking about his faith, however, he's a governor for everybody. The Muslims, agnostic, atheists, Wiccans, it doesn't matter. He's the governor for everyone, but that is just the way that he does it. However, I hope that as we go on and it's shown all these GOPs are supposed to be Christians uh, that don't really do Christian things uh, that maybe they will look at that and say, hey, he's a Christian, we're a Christian, what are we doing, right? What are we Mm -hmm. actually doing? But they're dropping off like flies up there. Uh, Nate, you got a good story for us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Kimberly. That's a good segue, actually. So uh, this week, um, we've got at least two important folks who've just announced they're leaving the General Assembly after the next legislative session. Uh, One is a stalwart Democrat and my own representative right here in Franklin County. And the other one is an equally stalwart Republican, the senator for uh, Grant, Scott, and a little bit of Fayette and Kenton counties. But first, uh, this turnover that we're seeing, oh, and here comes, I think, my dog in the background. Hi, honey. Uh, this turnover reminds us here at Progress Kentucky that the Kentucky Democratic Party needs some more candidates for legislative races. And we've got a tight filing schedule coming right up. If you, yes, you want to be the Democratic candidate for your state house or state Senate district, you have until just a little over three weeks from now, Friday. January 5th at 4 p.m. to submit your physical paperwork and 200 bucks to the Secretary of State's office in Frankfurt. That's Friday, January 5th, 4 p.m. And Doug Price tells us a second past 4 p.m. will be declined. And this has happened in the past. Doug would know. So the question is, well, is it worthwhile to run in my district? Only uh, 50% of the state Senate is going to have elections next November. And remember, those folks serve uh, four-year terms. But 100% of the 100 state House representatives will be up for grabs. So we have an online spreadsheet that breaks down the 100 state representative districts by the margin by which each one went for Andy Bashir or went for, you know, the other guy. Uh, And if y'all are watching this or hearing this at a computer, you can go right now and see this spreadsheet. It's at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash capital K, capital Y dash uh, capital H, capital D, small s, uh, bit.ly, K-Y, H-Ds. So this comes to us mostly from the great uh, Robert Connie, who's the weekly My Old Kentucky podcast host, along with uh, Jasmine Smith. And that is a must-hear for all y'all folks interested in progressive politics and policy in the bluegrass. Uh, our own Doug Price did some additions to it. I did a little ha- highlighting. So what we're looking here, oh, let's bring that back up. Thanks. So what we're looking at here is a sorted list of each of our 100 state representative districts broken down by the degree to which that district's voters supported or didn't support Andy Bashir last month. 
Uh, I've got it sorted from high support on the top to low, so we can focus on a few of the rows. For example, the row for the 20th district went to Governor Andy by over 17%. So if that was all you knew, you'd be like, oh, this must be a Democratic district. But what's this? Their current representative is Kevin Jackson, a Republican. Or how about the uh, 56th district a few rows down? That went to Governor Andy by almost 15%. But lo and behold, it also currently has a Republican representative, Dan Fister. What these rows and the other six that I've highlighted uh, and uh, all have in common is they currently have a Republican representative, but their district went for Governor Andy by double digits. And here's the point. As of yesterday, December 12th, there wasn't anybody filed for the 2024 election as a Democrat. <gasps> What's that I hear? Ding, 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 ding. Yes, you guessed it. It's the bell of opportunity ringing out and telling you that if you live in any of these districts and you're willing to do the work of running for representative next year, and maybe you tie your positions a little bit to Governor Andy, who you know is already popular in that district, you, yes, you, my friend, have a better than usual chance of getting elected. So go to bit.ly forward slash KY dash HDS. It's right there on the screen and see if the odds seem to be in your favor. And remember that important filing deadline is Friday, January 5th, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right. So now back to the news about the two important General Assembly folks who are bowing out after next year. The first is 56th District State Representative Derek Graham. He's a strong Democrat who's been in Franklin County his whole life and had a long career as a social studies teacher at Frankfurt High School. Uh, shout out to social studies teachers nationwide. I married one. I'm a little biased. Uh, he was elected to the General Assembly in 2002, and he's been there ever since. Uh, according to the Frankfurt State Journal, quote, Graham made history last year when he became the first African-American to lead a legislative caucus in the Kentucky House of Representatives, unquote. Whoop, whoop. I've met Representative Graham on numerous occasions and he even delivered some of his literature right here in Frankfurt. So I'm a little crushed to know that my favorite representative is going to be stepping down. The good news, at least from a Democratic Party perspective, is that the 56th district here went for Governor Andy by almost 40 percent, which you can see on that spreadsheet. So whoever runs for the seat next year has a super advantage. Filed by Friday, January 5th, 4 p.m. And lastly, the other person leaving is the state senator for the 17th district and the majority leader of the Senate, Damon Thayer. Dun, 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 dun. He just announced that today, Wednesday, December 13th, that next year is going to be his last. So, hey, we're almost breaking news here on Progress Kentucky's uh, Kernels of Truth. For us progressive Kentuckians, Majority Leader Thayer has been one of the epitomes of greedy governance, hyper-partisanship over helping, and bullying over boosting. He's been an enthusiastic supporter of cutting income taxes, spearheaded the so-called right-to-work legislation, read anti-union, and he sponsored a bill that would have made local races, school board, city council, have to display their political party label, which, ew. And then there's Senator Thayer's very limited view of the word compassion. Today's uh, Progress Kentucky's Colonel of the Truth should be called, brought to you by the word compassion. He's used that compassion when describing how he changed his mind this year about medical marijuana because he saw how it helped people in pain. 
And that's a wonderful turn of events, of course. But I have to ask, where was the equivalent compassion for transgender and gender non-binary minors when Senator Thayer voted this year for SB 150, the new law that, quote, prohibits gender-affirming medical care for trans youth, including gender-affirming surgery or bu puberty-blocking hormones, prohibits schools from requiring teachers to use a trans student's preferred pronouns, and bans all students from receiving instruction that explores, quote, gender identity, gender expression, or sexual orientation, unquote. That came from Kentucky Health News. So Senator Thayer has compassion for his 93-year-old grandma up in Michigan who needs a little cannabis cream for her arthritic knee, but he's got zero compassion for a 13-year-old trans girl who might need therapeutic support, puberty blockers, and oh yes, her authentic name and pronouns. So I hope you all out here in, in the world will join me in wishing a sad farewell to the muddy, muddy Representative Graham and a sincere wish to Senator Thayer that the door not hit his ass on the way out. That's it for me. Back to you guys. What do you think? Um, I love the uh, the spreadsheet that that uh, that you put up there. There's so much information there, and y'all uh, listeners dig in dig into that. Look and look at those districts and see. You know, if you're in one of those districts of opportunity, and uh, you know, think about running. And if if you're not. Uh, you know, if, if you're not going to run, try to try to think of people who who would be good to run in there and get them signed up pronto. Um, we've got we've got to have <clears throat> we've got to have good people running. And uh, and I think those districts are going to be, you know, uh, very competitive uh, based on what happened this past election, uh, especially if we have good folks in there putting themselves out there to do it. Right on. Kimberly, what do you think? Um, <laughs> what do I think? <clears throat> Everybody, the, like dropping off. Oh, yeah, we're getting some technical issues there. It must be really... <laughs> Live without a net, folks. Oh, Kimberly, maybe we need to drop you and you log back in. We'll give that a shot. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, also uh, Graham uh, retiring, that's that's really sad. He's uh, He's been such a great figure up there for us. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, but also, as you said, exciting news that Thayer is going to step down. I, I hope he actually does. <laughs> um, that'll yeah. that'll open that seat up to you know. Hopefully, we can get someone you know reasonable yeah. <laughs> in that seat, whether they're Democrat or Republican. Hopefully, they're a reasonable <laughs> person. Uh, we'll do what we can. Certainly, certainly. Oh, can you all hear me now? Yeah, hear you. You know what? Like my grandmother used to say when the phone was messing up, they would always say, the devil is a liar. I guess he was a liar <laughs> off of here. But um, what I wanted to say in addition to that, and then we'll move along here, is that um, 
so many of them are going to be running for their city council, which is a little different because normally that's like you, you're the city council, then you move up to the um, state rep, right? Or the state senate. But a lot of them are going backwards to uh, run for city council, okay? So I just feel like um, the devil was down in Georgia and he's come up to Kentucky and everybody's running away. It, can you blame them though, really? Yeah, you know, um, uh, if if I if I keep hitting my head against a rock over and over again and not being able to you know get any of my legislation even heard, much less you know passed, uh, I might consider a different uh, political avenue. So I get that. There was one Republican though, this in Louisville, and I'm forgetting his name, but but that was they talked about it on uh, my old Kentucky podcast the other week. But he's doing the same thing, too, and, and running for Metro Council. And that, to me, is really, you know, a, a bit of a head scratcher. I'm not sure what's going on with that. I wish I could remember his name. Some Republicans probably won't speak out about it, but they're probably tired of the bull crap. That would be nice. If, Even if, though he kind of was in on the bull crap. You know how it is, like a little boy likes a girl in school and he'll hit her and then he'll turn his head and she'll be like, who did that? Who did that? You know, that, that's, that's basically, you know, what he's doing. But I can't talk too ill of him right now because he has, a, you know, he's on the train with our mayor, which is uh, Mayor Greg, um, excuse me, Craig Greenberg, and he is a Democrat. So he is working with his city to make sure some things are done here. So, you know, we're just going to shut up about him. Chris, I know you got all that story. Like I read over it and I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm super, was super excited about this when the story hit earlier this week. Um, so Judge Philip Shepard declared it the 2002's House Bill 9 unconstitutional in a lawsuit filed by the Council for Better Education, which represents 168 Kentucky school districts. Uh, Shepard wrote that the charter schools are private entities that do not meet the Kentucky Constitution's definition of public schools or, as it's written in there, common schools. Uh, the policy goals of the legislation are not at issue in this case, wrote Shepard. Here, the only issue is whether the legislation runs afoul of a very specific mandates of the Kentucky Constitution governing public education at the expenditure of tax dollars. Shepard concluded that there is no uh, way to stretch the definition of common schools uh, so broadly that it would include such privately owned and operated schools that are exempt from the statutes and administrative regulations governing uh, public school education. This is a huge win for public schools. Um, as many of you probably know, I am a high school chemistry teacher here in Berea and a huge advocate for public schools, as you can imagine. And so making sure that that these public dollars stay in public schools uh, is only going to to help us 
meet the children's needs that we have at school. Like we're already stretched way too thin. The legislature does not adequately fund uh, transportation uh, and they're required to. Uh, they only funded it about, I think, 70-ish percent um, uh, every year when, when by law, they are supposed to cover 100% of transportation for kids to get to school and they're not doing it. Um, you know, with all that craziness that was happening in Louisville at the beginning of the school year with all those bus routes, you know, maybe they wouldn't have that problem, uh, all that convoluted stuff if, uh, you know, they were, they were properly funded for, uh, um, for the, for busing and transportation for their students. Um, so the legislature is actively, you know, doing this against public schools and they're required to fund it and they're not. Um, and there's all sorts of other things like the, the seek funding that, uh, that the government gives for students hasn't changed in many years. Um, you know, and public schools, as I'm sure you've heard and know, are extremely underfunded. And if we allow for charter schools and these vouchers to go from one place to another, you know, that's public dollars, our tax money going to a private entity. And, you know, we, we know what corporations do with, with money. They, they suck it all to the top. So they're going to pay teachers awful, which teachers aren't very paid very well to begin with. Uh, and, you know, the administrators uh, and really the, the owners of the, the company are going to make all the money. You know, the CEO of the school system is going to make all the money while everybody else is, you know, scrounging for peanuts. And uh, so this is, again, this is a huge win uh, for, for us folks, and uh, I'm very happy about it. What do you all think? Yeah, I totally agree. And, and uh, you know, uh, Judge Shepard um, is, is actually from here, Frankfurt, Frank, Franklin County, and uh, he had a very contentious race last year, and there were a lot of us who sort of were, were working uh, to try to push him over the finish line. So this is just another example why, you know, judges matter in these races for judges, um, which seem a little bit strange, like, oh, shouldn't judges just be appointed? But no, in Kentucky, a lot of them have to uh, be elected. Why these races matter uh, for issues just like this. So go Judge Shepard. They, you know, these, these things, they really do matter. And I tell you, I've been hearing from a lot of parents um, all over the state um, that they're getting to the point that some of them want to put their children in private education. Um, and that is the reason why we need to fight even harder to keep all of the money that we possibly can into public school system. Um, I'm a public school graduate. Uh, my mom was a public school graduate, uh, my grandmother, my great grandma. We were all, even my uncle, um, he was a public school graduate. My son, public school graduate. The only person in, for a long time was my daughter. She went to uh, Sacred Heart Academy. And that was a, a particular choice that I made for her for particular reasons. Um, but we have to, and we have to also keep the teachers in there that care, uh, like Chris right here. He cares, you know, I bet you have so much heaviness on your shoulders when you leave school, worried about those students. 
And uh, just real quickly, so we can get to our guest, uh, just real quick, there was a TikTok and it was uh, a public school teacher. Um, she did, I don't know her name or anything. And maybe you all have seen it on TikTok, but she said that she teaches five-year-olds and uh, she could hardly get the words out. She was crying and choking up. She said, my five-year-olds, they want to twerk in class. And she said, um, she tries to play Princess Tiana and ballet music, things that are inclined to be uh, five-year-old friendly, okay? But they're talking to their teacher like, play Pound Town. <laughs> I, you know, let, let me just say this. Oh, they dear. say, my mm, brown and my mm, and on and on mm -hmm. and on the most ratchet nastiest trifling stuff that could come out of a woman's mouth ever it's not even like a woman's toilet mouth it's like the freaking sewage okay and these kids know about that song at five years old and they want to twerk and she said you know what you can't put all the blame on the chris's of the world you've got to put the blame where it belongs on the parents i rest my case <laughs> right on right yeah right okay that's what i'm saying you know uh a young lady i knew of that went into a school and the teacher was telling her something and she said well that's your job okay miss missy but uh, let's go ahead on and uh, start our interview right now. Uh, I really want to know more about the organization, as I, as I know that you will uh, as well. And while you're at it, can you please give us a thumbs up and also share, 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 share this video to all your family and friends. We need to get our likes up. We need to get our shares up. And I know that we can depend upon you uh, for doing that. So I uh, actually have Miss Jerry Steinhoff. And Miss Jennifer Sumeraki, I believe. That Good is. job. Yeah, that's it. Did I did I do that? Okay, you did. So You're like, one of the only people that's ever said that, right? Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh my God. I can't even get anything else out. But they are gonna talk to us today about transparent Lex. So ladies, tell us about your group and why you started it. Go ahead. So, uh, 13 years ago, my daughter came out as transgender at age 11, and we had zero help or um, people in our community. So, fast forward probably five years, um, about 2017, I went to a Lila Alcorn um kind of like a candlelight vigil. And if, if you all have never heard of her, you should read about her um, trans child in Ohio who um, committed suicide and left a note for her parents saying that her parents didn't uh, accept her. And uh, she ran out in front of a tractor trailer and killed herself. So Tuesday Meadows got a panel together at University of Kentucky and I went to that panel and that night is when I met the other um, co-leaders of our group. And that's when Transparent Lux started. <laughs> so it's been going since for five years. 
five, six years. And we have uh, 623 members in our, on our Facebook page. Really? From, from three families. Okay. Um, I am talking to you because I really, really admire what you're doing. But that UK shirt is really hurting my heart. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, but she didn't say thank you. <laughs> she has her transparent black shirt on. Yes. Oh, oh you're you're a U of L fan. I'm not just a U of L fan. Uh, I've gotten all my degrees from U of L, and I'm waiting to um, get my appointment to defend my dissertation. So they got all my money and all my parents' money a long time ago. So we're gonna root for them. I know you got a good question, Chris. Good question. Um, well, thank you all for uh, really organizing this uh, organization and, and helping uh, these kids and connecting with the parents. And I'm, I'm curious what kind of relationship you all have with the school system and what, you know, like uh, how accepting uh, have have the school systems been of, of communicating with you or have you met resistance and that sort of thing? Um, when we moved here in 2000 and 11 or 2012 my child was uh, stealth so uh, nobody knew except the principal and her counselor and we didn't have to deal with anything until she came out and uh, when she went to Lafayette and um, we chose a house in Lafayette's district because we heard that Lafayette district was the most affirming and then we met uh, Julie Bennington uh, who is the counselor there and um, she helped us come out and helped us, you know, all the way through high school. Uh, Jennifer lives in Jesmond County. So um, she's had yeah. a little bit different experience. Uh, Jesmond County is actually not as bad as you might think it would be. Um, through Transparent Lex, I've actually, uh, when my child first came out, I thought, oh my gosh, we live in Jessamine County. What are we doing? Like, <laughs> we got we got to get out of here. But um, but then through Transparent Lex, I met. I realized there were literally uh, trans kids that lived two blocks from us, and parents that lived six blocks from us, and we started kind of um, connecting. And then I did connect with some teachers at West Jessamine High School, and some other kids at West Jessamine. And so through this group, I also kind of formed a. I didn't form a group, but we all kind of supported each other and we chat. And um, sometimes I have a certain teacher that will, you know, text me and ask me questions like what's going on with the group or lawsuits or things like that. And um, so it's been it's been really good because you feel really alone. And then this group all of a sudden connects you to all of these people that are literally all around you. You just don't know it. Nice. That's that's awesome. So um, could could you tell us like what your mission statement is and some goals that you all have? <laughs> I don't know exactly what the mission statement is, but I think some goals that we have are, um, I mean, obviously we, you know, we've gone to Frankfurt and we've protested and we've kind of made our presence known. Um, we're not a politically um, active group, although um, I am happy to hear that Thayer is leaving. Um, <laughs> that was some good news tonight. Um, but I, I think that our uh, our goal is is really just to have a community for parents because uh, when your kid comes out to you, 
it can really kind of throw you off track if you hadn't seen any signs or if you you're not around a lot of accepting people like if your family is struggling or anything like that and this group uh, gives you that community that you need and it gives you that support that you need and then when you get that support from this community I think then you're able to go out into your other groups, say your church or your school or your friends, and you can advocate for your child because you've got this group backing you up. That's wonderful. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Nate. Yeah. Support. Support is, is everything. Right. I, you know, recently I, I, um, I met uh, uh, a woman working at, at a uh, home uh, depot type place Um and uh, she was telling me about her trans daughter, who's a young adult, uh, and she said that um, her game plan was that she, the, the, the mom, was that she was going to be retiring within the next couple of years. And then she and, and her daughter uh, would be moving to, uh, you know, someplace that was more hospitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that made me really, you know, reinforce the notion that 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 some places are a lot less safe than others. Do you sh- share amongst the group like locations in Kentucky that that are more that are safer and less safe? You know, like like this is like you were just saying that Jessamine County is not as bad. Is that is that the kind of information that is sort of disseminated? Um, if somebody asks, then yes, you know, we'll answer and say, um, you know, this spot's good, or somebody will say, I mean, we have one mother that's, I think, maybe in Rowan County or something, and she's been really fighting. Um, mm. She's been, I'm really in awe of her, like, she's, she's got it going on, and, uh, mm-hmm. but um, I do think, even in Jessamine County, you know, parents like me benefit from being so close to Lexington, and, uh, and my child that's transgender goes to U of L, which is super affirming, and, um, mm. So tip of the hat to U of L. I'm a huge UK fan, but I love U of L. I got to tell you. And uh, so, you know, that kind of thing. So we do, I think we are more concentrated in Lexington, but we've got people joining from all over the place. That's wonderful. Yeah. I, I would like to, to point out, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, the school I teach at, uh, we have the only elected uh, uh, trans person uh, in Kentucky on our school board. Um, Maria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rebecca Blankenship. She's yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 wonderful. Um, I, I, I do have a question, if I may. Um, how do you know, especially when they're, you know, not um, of age yet? How do you know, and what is the process to make sure? that this is actually what that child wants to do versus the children that is like it's hip and it's cool and it's trend right now. How do, how do they actually separate the two? Uh, well, I, my normal response to that question is uh, consistent, insistent, and persistently wanting to be the opposite gender. Um, that's the main thing. Um, and then I've learned a lot about non-binary since we started this journey. And I didn't know what non-binary meant before. Um, I didn't either when my kid told me they were non-binary. <laughs> so no idea what they meant. <laughs> they've taught us as much as we taught them. Exactly. Uh, so um, my child wore um, 
was born male and wore um, t-shirts on his head as hair. You know, pull the t-shirt up and then move the head like this and pretend like that was hair. Um, and then would pull the t-shirt down around his waist like a skirt. And this was age two, three. And so um, since this is my stepchild who I am her mother, but uh, I met her when she was nine, she was male then. And uh, I told my husband, my boyfriend at the time, I said, your child is so gay. <laughs> and he said, oh, really? <laughs> and uh, then I started noticing more and more and more. Um, and then the child came to me and said, I need help. And I was able to help. But um, I would say the just consistently, insistently wanting to be the opposite gender that's when you know you need to get to the doctor, you need to get to uh, counseling, you need to get to um, endocrinology um, and don't put it off, do it as soon as you can, because if they can get on the hormone blocker, um, that helps you so much down the road. Um, my child does not show any signs of being male because she was on blockers at age 13, 12, 13. So she does not have an Adam's apple. Her voice is uh, feminine and she passes very well. So the longer you wait, the more money it's going to cost you <laughs> down the road for surgeries. And the more you're outed and you don't pass what we call passing. And so um, that causes a lot of distress. So you're in therapy, you're going to doctors. It's not something you're doing quickly. Yeah, and I was going to say that. There's a lot of misinformation. Exactly. Hey, I'm transgender. Then you just like hop into the doctor's office that Monday and you start them on some pills. And that's not the way that works. And that was one of the most frustrating things watching the last legislative session is how just full of misinformation it was. And lies. Lie. Oh, just complete lies. Um, when we first went to the doctor, I mean, it's a very thorough process. Um, there's nothing quick about it. So, Can you and, walk us through that? Um, well, when we went, I mean, first we met with the general practitioner, just the pediatrician. And my child didn't tell us until I think they were 16, maybe. And so first we went to the pediatrician and then they got us into Louisville. We chose Louisville and we went to the um, endocrinologist there. And then, you know, they ask a ton of questions. They take blood work, you know, then, you, you know, there is counseling involved. I mean, they make sure they're not going to quickly throw your child on you know, blockers or, you know, testosterone or estrogen or anything like that without, you know, just doing a thorough job of it. So it did take quite a while. And, um, and since my child waited till they were 16, they were a little frustrated by how slow it was. Um, but yeah, it is. Um, and that's, I'm trying to think what we did after that. But yeah, it was just, you know, you'd have an appointment and then you'd go back again in two or three months. And in the meantime, you were also finding a therapist and you were, you know, not to disprove them or anything like that. But um, Well, one thing I want to make sure that uh, we talk about tonight is the, the gender uh, surgeries that um, 
Daniel Cameron was saying that all these children got. And I'm 100% sure that these were a handful of uh, female to male people who probably had top surgery done where they had a mastectomy. And that's just to help with their gender uh, dysphoria. And I don't think having a mastectomy is a sex change. So, um, <laughs> I mean, having vaginoplasty, having parts removed or added, I think that is more of a, Daniel Cameron could say that would be a more altering surgery. But for kids that, or not, I shouldn't say kids because no kid under 15 that I'm aware of has ever had um, a mastectomy. So, um, and that was really heartbreaking when they were saying all the things that they were saying during the election. It was oh making goodness. it look really bad. <laughs> That's why Andy won, right? <laughs> I, I kind of think so. I think people are tired of this. It's just so silly. Yeah. And going back to your question about, you know, how do you know your kid is, you know, serious or knows what they're talking about? I mean, I remember um, our kid was just really quiet. And then one day they had started ordering more feminine clothes and they just came flying down the stairs and said, look, like, look at how I look. And they were just so happy. And it just occurred to me, I had not seen that look on their face in probably two or three years. And I didn't realize I hadn't seen that look until I saw how happy they looked. And then I was like, oh, well, we're definitely doing the right thing because I haven't seen that smile in forever. I just thought you were quiet because we're a loud family. <laughs> and I just thought they were the quiet one in the family. <laughs> but really, they were just struggling and, uh, and we just didn't know it. So, so there are signs you pick up on. And that's why it's frustrating, too, for the politicians to be the way they are to act like we don't know what we're doing or we're bad parents or, you know, we're misguided or, or whatever. Trying to brainwash our children. Yeah, whatever crap they've come up with this week, <laughs> I guess, you know. And religion, religion is a big thing, too, yeah. that we probably need to talk about a little bit if we have time. <laughs> Go ahead. We are down for it. It's your show right now. I'm loving you, ladies. I admire them so much. Oh, my God. I grew up Baptist, and I am Disciples of Christ now, and my parents are progressive Baptists. They go to a very progressive church in Louisville, and my family could not be more supportive. And there is nothing that makes me angrier than those people in Frankfurt trying to reassure me that Jesus loves me or loves my kid, because I already know that. And I don't need those people to tell me that. And um, so, boy, that just goes all through me, as you can tell. <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of um, affirming churches out there. I refuse to give up my faith because I feel like that's letting them co-opt my faith. And I'm not going to do that. Um, I feel like God made my child just the way they are. And my child is awesome. And that's kind of where I, I want to I don't think that God is going to say, oh, you, you changed so you can't get to heaven. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that at all. And I believe what our governor said as well, that exactly. everyone in this state deserves dignity. Exactly. And to say, you know, that it's kind of tired now, but a lot of people say the line, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. And my response to that is you're right. God doesn't. And that's why my child is non-binary and transgender. So here we are. 
here we are. I could go on that. <laughs> I could talk about that for the next. I could preach a sermon. <laughs> and you know, I'm all about science because I'm an, I'm a nurse, and uh, so I'm all about the science aspect of being trans and why our kids are trans and how physiologically that occurs in utero. And um, some people don't even think about that. They still think that this is a choice and um, it's not a choice. <laughs> oh it's, yeah. It's physiological, I think. That is so true. Back in the day, like in the fifties, um, a lot of our transgender uh, brothers and sisters uh, we're going to Paris to live. Paris was more mm -hmm. open about um, race and uh, gender, uh, all of those type of things. So uh, back in the day, they had to flee their own country of which they were born. So I'm happy to say that uh, the majority of the country does support you and support your kids. So just always remember that as you go down this journey, that the majority of this country in the United States of America believes in you and believes in your children. Thank you. I have found that to be true. The more I speak up and speak out and am not afraid to say things, there is not the pushback or animosity that you are led to believe. Like there used to that be. There is, or that there used to be. Uh, quite a few people are very supportive and um, yeah. And it's just, it's not an issue. The only people making it an issue are the Republicans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> supposed to be Christians. Nate, I can see Christian. on your face. Mm -hmm. You got something else. You got something else. I have issues I with that, that, but you know, that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> I see you, Nate. You got something. You got something. No, uh, I was, I, I don't want to insert myself too much into this. I, you know, the New York Times has this uh, opinion writer, Lydia Polgreen, is a non-binary non person. And they had an uh, essay recently called uh, Born This Way, Born Which Way? And they're talking about gender a lot. Have, have you folks uh, read that yet? Have you heard about it? I, that sounds familiar. I may have read it. It's, is it behind a firewall? It is, but I shared, if you look at the comments of, in found Facebook, uh, I shared a free link so you can go get it. Oh, good. I'll go look at that. One of the points they make is that, you know, uh, I'm just reading from the article here. According to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, in 2020, more than 44,000 people between the ages uh, 13 and 19 got a rhinoplasty, the most common surgical cosmetic procedure performed on teenagers. Thousands of kids went under the knife for chest surgery. Uh, over th uh, 3,000 presumably cisgendered girls got breast augmentations. Uh, another 1,800 got breast reductions, and uh, almost 3,000 boys had sister boys had surgery to remove breast tissue from their chests, presumably to help them conform better to their gender identities. Mm -hmm. And and she they're going on about basically, you know, well, how you know you can't. What does this make all about this hubbub about? making a choice that you're going to regret later in life. You know, you don't, you don't talk this way about uh, cis kids. We're doing, you know, right. similar things. So anyway, and yeah. it's, it's much, I'm, I'm reducing it too much. It's much better than that. So. No, I, I mean, but that's, but that's true. I mean, that was a decision between them, their parents and their doctor. And that's what this is also. And I, I know I can speak for quite a few parents in our group when I, you know, I don't need politicians or anyone else telling me what kind of parent I am or that I'm not a good parent. Um, 
I think I'm a really good parent, quite frankly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's between you and a doctor and your child and you will do what's best for your child every time. Especially when okay. you have, when you have research that backs you up. Yes. And there is plenty of research. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how can, how can lawmakers make changes to the law when guidelines are totally the opposite? It's very mm -hmm. puzzling. Let's just pray that some more drop off like flies. <laughs> you know, they're dropping every day. Like, oh. you know, let some more drop off so we can put the right people in that's going to be more knowledgeable. And if they say they're a Christian, then they need to really be one and show that they are. They need to act like it. Because yeah. mm. all mm -hmm. I'm asking for, for my child, not even me, I just want respect for my child and dignity like we talked about and i want to know that they can move in this world freely without fear that's been stoked by people who know the information but choose to ignore it just to advance their own personal or political agenda so. um i do want to tell you ladies that um i had worked around gay men all my life i was in makeup artist so i was totally used to how they acted, you know, different things that were said. And like, I always said, every girl needs a gay friend. I'm telling you, because they will tell you what's up. You know, like, oh, that guy over there, honey. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. You know, uh -uh. like he might like me and not you. You know what I mean? And, they, and they're like a girlfriend. And then they got a guy's perspective. So it was always just like, you know, it was great, right? It was great. But when your child tells you, that they're different yeah it doesn't hit you the same way just because you worked with um gay men all your life but when your son comes and says i'm gay mom well you had girlfriends in college he said oh i was just fronting yeah, oh. mm -hmm. yeah. you know it's different. Uh, it's different when it happens to you so you've had it happen yeah. to you too huh yeah but my son is not just gay he's a femme male mm -hmm. yeah you know, so that's and he's a whole, black, right? Yeah. So we 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 kind of <laughs> I mean, you all got more to deal with than what I had, of course. But yeah. And he's a big guy. So it's it's just a mm -hmm. lot on that. And he always is wearing my purses because <laughs> I like because yes. he, he buys all real designer stuff. So you know, I'll be like mm -hmm. wearing his purses and yeah. sunglasses. It, it's just wonderful. You know, it's like I got another daughter, but I got another son. You know what I mean? Well, it was funny when my child cleaned out their closet and got rid of like t-shirts and sweatshirts. I literally took half of them. I was like, I want that. I will wear so They were going way more feminine. And I was like, hey, don't get rid of that sweatshirt. Like I can. I can Especially when I that. bought it, right? So it kind of became a running family joke. Right. <laughs> Mom will take all my, like, nail, all my boy clothes. And uh, oh my God, I'm really on cute here. stuff. Yeah. You all could be on here for like forever. You ladies, I really admire you. I know oh, Chris you. and Nate does as well. And I know that we'll be getting in contact with you. But if there are, you know, listeners, uh, viewers, how can they actually get in on the action? They just go to Facebook 
and just look up transparent lex it's three words and it's a private group so we we do ask that you answer some questions before we let you in and then we let you in so and then you have access to all the information we share we pin you know different different amounts of information so that people can easily access it we have events you know we go to different things um, people ask questions people share it's just it's a pretty active page and it's a really good uh way to support each other and i do a lot of talking uh mostly moms off the ledge on the phone so she does um, she does a lot of that <laughs> and that never gets old because i hear their distress and i remember it and after we finish the conversation, they're just like, oh, oh. Yeah. so even just a phone call can make your life better. Well, I really enjoy you ladies, all of us do. And you know what? You all have a very, very blessed Merry Christmas. You both oh, deserve thank it. Thank you, you too. Thank you so much. Thanks for we having us. the parents of Translex <laughs> right here with us. I believe you all can build the Tamron Hall show really soon. <laughs> Don't forget about us little people. My husband, you said. <laughs> Don't forget about us. Oh, we won't. Thank you. Nate, Bye. you ready to take us on? I am. I am. Thank you, sir. So uh, just a programming note that uh, Colonels of Truth uh, is taking a couple weeks off, but we will be back again uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed on Wednesday, January 3rd, which is my honey Kit's birthday. So happy birthday, Kit, ahead of time. Um, let's just see that uh, Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State and organized as a 501c4 we are affiliated with the Indivisible, Indivisible Project, the Commonwealth Alliance Voter Engagement, CAVE, and are also proud members of the Forward Kentucky Network. Progress Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement. Uh, so again, we're taking our holiday season hiatus starting next week, but we'll be back again on January 2nd, 2024, Production of this episode, episode 142, can you believe it? it, was by the amazing and wonderful Annabelle Nagel. Uh, big thanks to me. I'm reading this. Uh, I, I wrote, uh, Nate Orishan wrote and performed our theme song, and you can find more information and music at natosongs.com. That's nato, N-A-T-O, songs, S-O-N-G-S.com. If you miss our weekly live stream on Facebook or YouTube, audio podcasts and our show notes are also available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you do listen to the pod, please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening right now. Logo and some graphic content provided by Couchfire Media. More information can be found at couchfiremedia.com. So Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Eo Satranalia, Super Solstice, and we will see you in 2024. Wait a minute, Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Woo, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Merry Christmas.